Hello. This is nobody in particular. I've got a couple good subjects for the day. And a shout out to a friend that I met many years after the events that uh, we're going to talk about today. This is another brat-related military child uh, story. It goes way, way, way back to the time when I was a middle teen. And it's a pretty amazing story. I like it. Uh, No way that you can go back in history and change it, so I'm going to go with it and just tell you what happened on uh, March 27th, 1964. It was a good Friday, which meant the kids were out of school, and it was a beautiful day in Anchorage, Alaska. I don't recall if there was any clouds, but there was no weather, and the kids were playing, and we were to backtrack a little bit. I was living on an Air Force base right outside of Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, as a military kid, we played just like everybody else. So it's 5.30-ish. Let's say most everybody in the military community or in that community in those days in the 60s uh, was geared up for dinner. Uh, if not most people, then definitely 100% our house. Uh, we were a dinner at five kind of family, if we could. And I believe that on that Good Friday that we were um, about to enjoy a good meal. My mom made uh, stew beans with... Uh, uh, what ham hock was thinking. It was good. Cornbread. It was a good Friday. Good Friday, 1964. And the world changed in just a few seconds. It was Alaska, and we did feel tremors a lot. It became routine. You'd feel a earthquake tremor, and you'd go, cool, there it is. And you'd ride it out. But in today, on that day, that good Friday, the initial shaking didn't subside. And after a few seconds, my dad realizing the need for immediate action, scooted us away from the table and out to the door to get to a outside or to a structural spot just in case the worst would happen because it was an earthquake. We, my mother, my sister, my dad, and myself, left our food and headed for 
the door. Now, my sister was quickest and closest to the door, so she made it through the door to the outside and onto the little porch and stairs that were there, and she made it one step down before the quake shook her off her feet. And she ended up one step farther down, but anchored by her tush uh, as this stuff continued to happen. And I grabbed the rail and sat down and looked behind me to see that my dad was braced in the doorway and my mom was sitting on the door stoop uh, between his legs holding on. (laughs) Evidently, uh, we were all in the proper position to observe what was happening. Now, what was happening was a huge earthquake. It was rated with a big number back in the day, but then they revised the number to a magnitude of, oh my Lord, how big that is, kind of an earthquake. And we were front row center to watching some amazing, amazing things. I think the first thing that we saw were the other people who were coming out of their houses and also uh, falling and grabbing and doing the same that we did and finally getting settled. Uh, The cars that were driving on the street were bouncing a little bit and uh, I saw a couple drivers get out of their cars and the and not be able to stand and have to crawl away from the car and during this time the cars were bouncing high enough if you will with the pulses of the earthquake to uh, turn themselves in the road and work them one car went part way up onto the the sidewalk and this is with nobody in it Uh, these visions were pretty darn amazing. The second amazing vision was to look up and see the telephone poles, the power poles, whatever it was that was running between the quads. There were uh, power lines, if you will, Uh, Perhaps they were just communication lines, but uh, they, there was something going on there that was pretty unreal because the same pulse that was making the cars bounce was a, you saw was a a ripple like a wave because the, the telephone poles would point toward each other and then they'd point away from each other. And the power lines or the lines, the cable between them would stretch taut and then go slack. And this happened long enough to get bored and go looking and seeing what else was going on. And about that time, it stopped. And it was quiet. It was a good Friday afternoon. 
the earth shook and it was quiet. In our house, there was decorative hutches and this, that, and the other curios that my mom and dad brought. Uh, damaged, broken, tipped over, things shaken. But we thought we could probably finish dinner. The lid was still on the beans. Uh, my dad had already finished his first bowl uh, and had admonished us that we should be eating instead of talking. Uh, at the moment that the earthquake hit, as a matter of fact, but we thought, okay, well, we can still have food even though the power's out and all this. But when the lid came off of the, the, the pot, there was a big piece of glass laying on top, and there was no telling how or where the rest of that glass was at the moment. It was not apparent, uh, though there was other glass strewn around. But at that point, you knew there was no beans that night as somehow the earthquake had gotten uh, gotten your stew beans too. Not that that made too much difference because uh, in just a few minutes, we got a phone call from uh, the friends, Dr. Henry Jones and his wife and their little baby. We got a phone call from them saying that their, uh, their quarters were trashed completely. So my dad bundled me up and uh, took me with and we went over and uh, saw that truly their quarters were trashed their house was at a different angle and all the the cabinets opened up and just dumped out into the middle of the floor so we brought them back to our quarters and they spent the next couple days bunked in with us and I wouldn't go down in the basement to sleep. That idea just freaked me out. So I spent the next couple of days sleeping uh, on a sofa uh, until I worked up my nerve to go downstairs and sleep and not be afraid that an earthquake was going to bury me. And by the way, two other add-ons. After the earthquake, there were volunteers that were requested uh, from the bases to go out and help salvage uh, property, personal goods from some of the homes out in the Turnigan area that were just completely ripped apart. So I volunteered and worked for a couple days there. And um, the one person that I know, uh, uh, Lowell Thomas Jr.'s home was one of the houses that I helped uh, clear things out of. That. In all that time, the, the help, the going out, was part of the community reaching out to help people who had lost everything. Now, the next aside, 
and I just want to say thank you to the universe for the opportunity to to do that because that got me out of the house too and uh, helped me not be afraid and I appreciate that and I appreciate my parents for encouraging me to uh, participate and now I want to go and say that many many years later in fact just a few years ago I was with my prince's bride and we were uh, at a place where we were doing some uh, working out uh, supervised and a conversation started about 1964 and Good Friday and the earthquake and uh, a guy sitting in the waiting room stood up and said I was there in 1964 and so I want to make a shout out to my friend Ray, to my uh, brother in Earthquake. Uh, we became golf buddies. We are uh, friends, husbands and wives. Uh, I really appreciate you, Ray and Linda. And I just want to say uh, this is partially dedicated to you. you know, the ideas are fresh. It was a time when we learned. And I'm telling you, being in an earthquake of that magnitude, you don't understand. And you never maybe, I never maybe will understand. But something changes. Well, something changed in me. Um, I saw something I thought I'd never ever see in my life. Ever see a car hop across the street? No. Well, I never thought I would either. And so, to Ray, to Linda, to all the brats who were there and uh, all the folks who were there and survived and in honor of all those who didn't uh, dedicate this podcast to the earthquake of 1964. This is nobody in particular. 2023.